Let us pray. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. John 14.6 Jesus, you are the way, not a way. You are the truth, and the truth is not relative, but absolute. And you are the life, eternal life. People often think all paths lead to God, and their good works will vindicate them. Jesus, you are the only path to the Father. No one comes into the Father's presence except by you. My sinful nature cannot stand in the presence of a holy God except through your blood. I am a blood-bought child of God, and the Father sees me through the sacrifice you made for me. I am precious in His sight because of your love for me. I will continually give you glory. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's daily prayer. For more inspiration and an incredible message from our feature pastor, stay tuned to Pray.com's Sunday Service. Welcome to Pray.com's Sunday Service, sponsored by Altrua HealthShare. Follow this podcast and listen weekly to receive godly wisdom and practical advice for daily living. Stay tuned for Sunday Service, coming up after a quick word from our sponsors. There's an innovative, better way to find health care. We're Altrua HealthShare, an affordable and flexible way to take care of your family. We're a community of like-minded, health-conscious individuals who share in each other's medical needs. And you can customize your health care your way with Altrua HealthShare. You can build your membership based on your season of life and your family's needs. Head to myshare.org to find out more. That's myshare.org. Altrua HealthShare, where we care for one another. Welcome to a powerful message featuring Pastor Adam Messa. Thanks for listening. Let's dive into the transformational Word of God. Because I know you may be sitting up here and you're watching me online or you're here in this place. And I know you may be thinking one thing right now. You know, Pastor Adam's been looking really good lately. <laughs> in which I would respond, yes. You're right. I have been. You know, I, at the top of the year and even just recently, I got, I got, I got a personal trainer. And so I've been, I've been working out three to four times a week. I'm getting, you know, getting my sweat on. Thank you so much for your cheers. Here's why I don't appreciate the fact that some of you guys are cheering, okay? Because what I've been getting lately is people are saying, people have come up to me and said, uh, and, and, my, and my buddy Dion, who's been, who's been my personal trainer, he comes to ALFC, we've been working out a lot, and things have been starting to feel looser, and clothes have been fitting better, and so some people will say things like, oh, your clothes aren't as tight anymore. <laughs> so did you see me one day and you thought my clothes looked tight? And you didn't say nothing? Or they say, oh, I see. your face looks like it's thinning out. What did it look like before? Or people are saying, I'm so happy for you, it's about time. And I'm thinking to myself, how is that a compliment? Why didn't you say something before? Like, you're, you're encouraging me now, but apparently you've had some thoughts before 
that you've just chosen you didn't want to share. Whether you didn't want to hurt me, you just whatever, I, I appreciate it. But the reality is, was, why didn't you tell me a long time ago that you felt my, my clothes were a little too tight? Now, going forward, don't tell me that because I'll get insecure. But you should have beforehand. And you see, in the same way as we're speaking about truth, we are living in an era and an age that tells me, I just want you to tell me or, uh, that I look good, that I, I want to feel good. I just want you to not tell me anything that's really the truth because I want to live in a world where I just feel good. But the reality is, as we turn on the news and we go on social media, we realize people need to hear the truth. People really need hope because the gospel, the truth of Jesus Christ, gives us hope in times of dire need. And so more than ever, people need to be encouraged that they need to get in spiritual shape as much as anyone would be encouraged to get in physical shape. I want to encourage you in the same way and say, you're looking good, but it's not your weight or it's not your face thinning out. It's your spiritual life. Hey, you're handling that divorce better than ever. You're looking good. You're handling that singleness better than ever. You're looking good. You're handling parenting better than ever. You're looking good. You're handling that job better than ever. You are looking good. Have you lost some weight? Yeah, I did. I've lost some stress. I've lost some anxiety. I've lost some hopelessness. That is what we need to share today. And Jesus goes to show us what it means to find the truth as we look at the scriptures today in John chapter 14, verse 1. And so if you join me for the next seven verses, we're going to dig in with a very simple but yet practical message today that everyone could walk away and really have memorized in their heart. It says this. This is Jesus speaking. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have not told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself that where I am you may be also. And you know that the way and you know the way to where I'm going. Thomas said to him, "Lord, we do not know where we are going, where you are going. How can we know the way?" Jesus said to him, "I am the way." I am the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and you have seen me. So today we're going to simply look at Jesus' three phrases that he talks about. What it means to be the way, the truth, and the life. Because Jesus is making some radical statements in this verse for you and I to understand. And if we break those down together, hopefully in this season that we're all in, it gives us something to cling to. So the first thing that we have to share today, because we're talking about no cap, we're talking about things concerning Jesus, attributes concerning God that are not a lie. They're completely the truth. And so first, we just have to dig in and we have to answer the question, what is truth? What is truth? Because today, in most universities and most public institutions, most places will teach that truth is completely relative. That it can be self-defined. But that's not true, because if I tell myself I can fly off a cliff and I go for it, that's not the truth. 
So what does truth mean? Well, if you were to Google the definition right now, it would say truth. The definition of truth is something that is true. Seems very counterintuitive. And so if you allow me to help you out just really briefly on what truth really is, here's simply put what something can be true is. Truth is something that can be substantiated with facts. That's what truth is. So here's what potentially isn't a truth. Even though I believe it with my own heart, my whole heart, it's not a truth. Chick-fil-A is better than Popeye's. Well, now I wish in my whole heart that was facts. It's not. Because what, how can you substantiate that? How can you measure that? How can you, I think that the color red is better than the color green. That is purely an opinion. There, there is no, nothing that I can substantiate as facts. But what I can substantiate is to say Avengers Endgame is the number one grossing movie of all time. Well, why, why is it? How can I prove that to be true? Well, all I do is I take all the movies, I take their prices, and I see that that made $2.7 billion, and all other movies made less than that. That's a fact. Or you may have a phone right now, and your phone can hold 100 gigabytes of, of information in your phone. And mine may hold 300 gigabytes of information. And so I can make a response to you, and I can say, my phone holds more things and information than yours does. Is that a fact? Is that true? Yeah, we can easily measure that. And so today what's going to happen is, is we're going to be able to measure by what the gospel is and who Jesus is, what it means for him to be true and what it means for him to be our Savior and our Lord because you can find the facts concerning those things. And in this age, you and I need to be held down by what is true and what is fact. Jesus sits on the throne at the right hand of the Father, and he is alive. We will dig into that over the next four weeks, but that is truth, and that is fact. And if, it's that, if that's true, why are your daily habits reflecting otherwise? Why does your worry reflect otherwise? Why does your temptation reflect otherwise? Why does your scaredness reflect otherwise? When we know who Jesus truly is. And that's what we're going to unpack. We are going to give fact and substantiation to Jesus' three statements over the next four weeks. But today, we're going to begin to dig in. First, we're going to look at these three simple words today. And you're going to all leave here biblical scholars. Because you're all going to learn three Greek words really quick, really easy today. And so we're going to look at what Jesus means when he says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. And so the first point, you could call it a point, but really word that we're studying today, is when Jesus says that he is the way. And if you're taking notes, and we didn't hand out notes uh, this weekend, and we may not for the next couple weeks, just to be extra germ conscious for everybody, but you'll be able to take notes on your phone or bring your own journal for the next couple weeks. But really, as we look at the way, 
Jesus uses this term. Now, what I want you to understand is the three terms we're going to be studying today, there are multiple other words in the Greek that mean that same thing. So when the authors use these words that Jesus said and use these specific Greek terms, they are making a point. And they're making a great point. And so the first thing that Jesus says is he says, I'm the hadas. You see, what hadas means is it means road or way. It means way or road. It means both ways. And unlike right now, if you and I were going to be able to journey somewhere, let's just say after service, we were going to go eat with one another, and we said, hey, let's just go find some food at the mall. Let's go to Victoria Gardens Mall. And I were to say, okay, what are the directions? One person here may say, oh, well, the directions are you go out to Foothill, and you go down Foothill, and you go up Day Creek, and then there you'll be at Victoria Gardens. But another person may say, you go out to Foothill, and I like to take Milliken up because it kind of bypasses the traffic, and then I go to church. And then I get to Victoria Gardens or another person may say I actually like to go all the way up in the 210 because I like to come off the freeway to get to Victoria Gardens. You see when Jesus makes a statement and his disciple asks well how will we know the way and Jesus says I am the way. He doesn't say I'm a way. He doesn't say I'm a road. He says I'm the way. I'm the road. And here's what we have to recognize is in the early church, today if I were to ask you, when someone asks you what your faith is, what your religion is, you may respond in some way, shape, or form really in probably two words. You'd say either I'm a Christian or you may say I'm a Christ follower. You may say a couple variations of that, but by and large, that's how we all would leave this place and identify ourselves. But if you were talking to the early church that after Jesus ascended to heaven and now it was the disciples who were leading the churches by the power of the Holy Spirit. If you were to ask them what their faith was in that day, they actually wouldn't have responded as Christian. They actually may not have even responded as Christ followers. What they would have said is they would have said, I'm part of the Hadas. See, what they would have said was, is I follow the road. I follow the way. The road to what? Well, what are you looking for? I'm looking for peace. That's the road. I'm, I'm, looking, for, I'm looking for joy. That's the way. It's not a physical road. It's a person. Jesus, for thousands of years, but in the beginning of hundreds of years, was referenced and known as the road. What road were you trying to go? That's him. So I'd ask you today, where are you trying to go? Where are your prayers at? Where is your life at? Where are your actions at? Because I know and you know the way to those things. And his name is Jesus. So Jesus expresses himself as the way and the road that you and I need to follow. So Jesus tells his disciples, I'm the Hadas. When I was, when I was in high school, um, before I joined cross country, I wanted, to, I wanted to try and I wanted to lose some weight. So I started uh, riding a road bike and, um, and I'd, I'd always ride up to Lido Creek that's over here in the mountains. And in Lido Creek, on my way up there, there was always this freeway overpass. 
And I wrote it so many times. I'd go over this freeway overpass, and I always thought it was fun because then I'd, I'd chill, and I'd go down this hill, and I wouldn't have to pedal anymore. And then I'd make a turn, and I'd start climbing up Lido Creek. So particularly what happens this time is on my way to the freeway overpass, I begin to see these construction signs that begin to give notice of road work. So I saw one, two, three, four. There were even some that said, don't take this road. And so I just continued to persist because I'm like, I've been on this road a thousand times. I'll be fine. I know where I'm going. And so I begin to ride down this road and I come downhill and I'm going downhill and I'm going about 40 miles an hour. And as I'm going 49 miles an hour, I begin to make a turn where I normally make a turn, but what I didn't realize was that week there was construction going on in the road and there was loose gravel everywhere in the road. And so I go to make this turn going about 40 miles an hour and as I turn, my pedal and my wheels slip in the gravel and one pedal, mind you, I'm in a road bike so my feet are clipped into the bike. I don't have the little baskets where you just pop your shoe in. My feet are clipped into the bike, and so one pedal hits a rock, the bike flips me on the other side, and going about 40 miles an hour, the gravel begins to take the bike and pull me all the way across the road. And so my pants are completely ripped and torn. I can't move my left shoulder. It's in the worst pain I've ever felt before. My bike was completely bent. The wheels were bent because I flipped. I mean, I did a full-on tumble down and then it dragged me across the street and so at the time I was trying to be a real bicyclist so I wore all the tight everything I had spandex on I had the really tight shirt on but like I said I was trying to lose some weight so you know I was hefty in some areas so you know up top and my belly was a little big my hips were a little thicker than they should have been and so these two other bicyclists see what happened, and they run up, and they say, excuse me, ma'am, are you okay? And then he looks at his buddy, and he says, she fell so hard. Because mind you, I have a helmet on, sunglasses, just tight everything, butts looking big, the whole nine. So I had a decision I had to make in that moment. Do I correct them or do I just go along with it? Because I am mortified right now. So I go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I went all in. I just went for it. I said, yes, thank you so much. <laughs> and they begin, I'm just glad they didn't ask for my number or anything like that, but and they begin to help me bend my bike in one somewhat shape, but I, I was hurting so bad. I, my, my leg was ripped. My clothes, my clothes on one side was completely ripped, so I couldn't even ride my back bike home. It was before cell phones or anything like that, so I couldn't call for help or anything. So I had to walk five miles back to my house. And the whole time, all I was saying to myself was this one thing. Why did I ignore the caution signs? That was it. Because it technically should not caught me by surprise. There were enough warning signs that were telling me, pause, turn back, pay attention to what's going on. But instead, I thought, I have done this a hundred times. Nothing could go wrong. 
And I would encourage you as we look at what's going on in this world and we turn on the news and we turn on social media, I think we can all agree that there are some caution and warning signs going around where God is trying to get our attention. And there's too many people who are like, oh, I've done, I've lived my life my way a million times. Nothing can go wrong. But at some point, you'll hit some gravel. So there are enough caution signs right now in America and in this world that we can see. Is what we should be turning to is the road that is less traveled, but the road that will lead you. The road that will guide you. And it's not a physical road, it's a person. And his name is Jesus. See, Jesus is trying to make a true statement to say, I'm the way. Wherever you're going, whatever you're looking for, come this way. Because that road you're headed down, it is going to end up in hurt. It is going to end up in pain. It's going to end up in addiction. It's going to end up in sorrow. But my road... Myself, this way, it will lead you. And so he begins to show us what it means for him to be the way. And then he jumps into the second statement. So immediately right now, he's telling his disciples, I'm the road that you want to travel on. Then he says, I am the truth. And the word here, the truth, this isn't like, um, this isn't like, a, like a legal truth in the Greek. That's another word. They have another word for that. So if you, if you were in court and you were saying, I'm telling the truth, they, they have a whole other word for that. You know, you see what this truth is, is this truth, the Greek is aletheia. Aletheia. Now in English, we would simply just translate it as truth or true, but it's far more than that. It actually more or less is a symbolism. It, it's trying to get across an idea more than just a word. And the idea that this tries to get across when the word aletheia is used is the word that goes across is this, is everything opposed to an illusion. Reality as opposed to illusion. That's what the word truth in this statement is. So when Jesus says, I'm the weight on the road, and then he says, I'm the aletheia, what he's saying is, is he's saying, I am not an illusion. I am your reality. He's making a powerful statement because in these words, this whole scene, this scenario in this chapter is Jesus is telling his disciples that he's going to die on the cross and he's going to ascend to heaven. So what his disciples can't get across is how are you going to be in heaven and how will you be with us no longer? This doesn't make any sense. So immediately they begin to think, Jesus... Are you no longer going to be real to us? And so Jesus tells them, I am not going to not be real. I'm going to be more than real. I'm going to be part of your daily reality. I'm not going to be an illusion. And I'll break down in a moment, but I don't know, have, has anyone here ever bought something online before and it didn't come exactly the way that it was supposed to be sold as? Ever happened to you before? I got some people up on the screen. Like this guy. He was trying to buy a carpet, and um, that's what arrived. Or this next person, they were actually trying to buy a dress, and that's the dress that they got. Some of you ladies are like, well, it's not too bad. You know, no. 
then the, and then this next person, they bought some Yeezys. First of all, paying $750 for those is crazy. But then you get some slippers instead of that, of all things. Or this next guy, he was buff. He wanted to go to the gym. And he wanted to show himself his muscles. And that's what came for him. And some of you guys are saying that's not that bad. In which I say, shame on you if you would wear that shirt to the gym. These are all people who bought something online, bought something that they couldn't see. And when it came, it was not as advertised. And see, the reality when Jesus says, I'm the truth, what he's saying is, is he's saying, what I sell myself as, I will come to you as advertised. You're not going to give your life to Jesus and get a little piece of carpet. You're not going to trust your hope in Jesus and get a dress that wasn't what you bought. Jesus is saying a statement. He's saying, I am going to be your reality. And so the disciples are saying, how is that true when you're going to be in heaven? And what begins to happen during the rest of the chapter that we're not looking at today is he begins to share and he says, when I go to heaven, I will send to you someone, a comforter known as the Holy Spirit. And so when I was a child, I used to say, I used to say prayers like, Jesus, just appear in my room so that I can see you. I don't know if you've ever thought that before. God, I just, like you said, if you show up right now in front of me, stand right in front of me, then, I, oh, then I'll know that you want me to do what you want me to do. You're not new to that prayer. The disciples were saying that same thing. They were saying, Jesus, when you go to heaven, how can we follow you when you'll no longer be standing right in front of us? And Jesus looks at his disciples and he says, because I'm going to do you one better. I'm not going to be standing in front of you. I'm going to be dwelling inside of you. How's that? So Jesus is saying, you want me to be standing in front of you when my doulos power, the spirit of God, part of the Trinity can dwell in you. You would prefer me not being with you in every waking moment and you see me one or two hours a day than me be with you 24 hours a day. And he says, because I'm your truth, I'm your reality. He says, I'm not an illusion. When I go to heaven, I'm not going to be a figment of your imagination. I'm going to be more real to you than you can ever imagine. Because the spirit of God will dwell inside of you. And so in this season that we're facing, take courage that God is with you every single place that you go. That the spirit of God dwells in you everywhere that you go. That the spirit of God is in your home. It is in your workplace. Wherever you go, God is with you. That is the truth. That's not an illusion. That is reality. You can trust the road of Jesus. And so Jesus says, I'm the way, I'm the truth. And then the last one here that we're going to look at today is he says, I'm the life. I'm the life. You see, once again, this is another. There are other Greek words that mean life. And so when Jesus uses this specific term, zoe, life, This word is far more than just the air that we breathe in our lungs. You see, the term zoe life means 
and I'm going to break it down. It means both physical life and metaphysical life. It means the life that you live now and the life that will come. That's what Zoe life means. So when Jesus says, I will give you Zoe life, he is saying, I am going to give you more life than you could ever imagine. You see, Zoe life was rarely used in given conversations. If a doctor resuscitated someone and they said they were alive, they wouldn't use the term Zoe life. See, but Jesus, if he were to look at you and if you were redeemed by his blood, he would say, oh, that's a living Christian. Not just a Christian that has breath in their lungs, but Christian that has eternal life. They have Zoe life. They have not just life in the now, but they have life in the later. So when Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, he's saying, I'm the road that you need, I'm the reality that you need, and I'm the life that you need. And if Jesus was living in 2020, he would end that statement and he would say, no cap. That's not a lie. He'd say, on God, no lie. I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life, no cap. You could bank on that. And we see that in John chapter 10, verse 10, which is our, our verse of our church where we get our name. But I start in verse 9 here and it says this. Jesus speaks and he says, I'm the door. If anyone enters by me, he'll be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And he says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays his life down for his sheep. See, Jesus makes this statement in John 10.10, and he says, I came that my sheep may have life. And he uses Zoe, same Greek word, life, but they may have it abundantly. See, the term abundantly means an excess. It means too much for you to even handle. It means like, does anyone here just, I mean, you, you, you have to have an absolute love. Does anyone just absolutely love donuts? Like if you see them at work or somewhere, it's like you cannot get enough. My brother right here, can you come up here real quick? I got a special treat for you today look at all these jealous people just look just look at those donuts right there do we have that on camera oh just delicious so delicious you love donuts would you like would, would you like one yes okay go ahead and grab one oh wait hold on hold on hold on hold on I already got you a piece okay I already have one pre-picked out for you there you go go ahead Go ahead. How, how is that? My goodness. Delicious. What about your choice? I had a piece for you. Are you, are you. are you full? Are you good? Are you happy? You're not satisfied? <laughs> go ahead and pick the one that you wanted this whole time. You can have it. Yeah, go ahead. Get the, you could touch it. If you touch it, it's yours, especially during this season. Yes. You touch all of them, they'd all be yours. Go ahead and treat yourself. Go, go sit in and out and eat that. Thank you. You see, when Jesus makes the statement, I'm the life, what he's saying, and if I, can if I could illustrate this in any other way, I would, but truly, this is the illustration of what Zoe life is, is he's saying this, I can't be sampled. I can't be tasted. I can't be nibbled on. 
If you're going to have me, you're going to have me in excess. You're going to have me in abundance. And so in this season, if there is fear or there is an anxiety, then Jesus is trying to say, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I cannot be just tasted. I cannot just be sampled. I am abundantly excessive in your life. You cannot just have a little bit of this or a little bit of that. If you have me, you better have all of me. And so in the same way, my brother said that bite was not enough. That's what we should be saying right now with our prayer life. Those five minutes, that's not enough for what we're going through right now. That one Sunday service I go to or watch online, that's not enough. I need to do some digging myself. That little moment I read one verse or one scripture a day, it's just not enough right now in this season. I, I, if I want life, if you want life, then you have to have Jesus in abundance right now. Your trust in him has to be in abundance right now because he's the way, the truth, and the life. He's the road that you and I need. He's the reality that you and I need. And he's the life that you and I need. And you see, the reality of all this is what Jesus was trying to say. Because all of this summarized into the fact that he said he was going to ascend to heaven and he was going to be at the right hand of the Father and for all eternity... Was he going to reign? You see, you and I can rest in that truth and that reality because so long as Jesus is alive, this is why Easter is so important. This is why the resurrection of Christ is so important because everything that Jesus just said is predicated upon him being alive. If Jesus was not alive... If you believe that you could find his body in Israel today, if you believe that his bones rested in Jerusalem, then everything he just said is a lie because when he died, his truth died with him. But the very fact that we believe that he stands on the right hand of the Father and the very fact that we believe that he is resurrected means that he is alive. And if he's alive, then he can be the way, the truth and the life, and he is. Why do I say that? I say that is because this, and we all have natural feelings and emotion. If you are worried by what's going on today in our world, then there is a disconnect between the truth that Jesus reigns and the reality that you believe it or not. It's not a God problem. Now there's wisdom. There could be an earthquake, so we should always be stocked up and prepared for any other type of thing. That's just, that's just wisdom. But when people are literally buying toilet paper because they think their life depends on it, I get one or two cases. To buy nine cases, there shows that there's a disconnect between understanding that God is on the throne. Because if you believe that Jesus is on the throne, then you'd say, I'm going to be all right. And if you believe Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father and he mediates for us, then you'd say, I'm going to be all right. But here's the problem. Here's the reality of the whole nature. The reason why people are going in chaos, the reason why people are buying things left and right and they're buying hand sanitizer and they're buying toilet paper and they're just doing, um, really, we're all acting really crazy right now in a lot of ways. Some people are using wisdom and some people are just going crazy. See, the problem isn't that they're scared that we may be quarantined in their homes. Because you may be like me, I'm completely fine with being at home. 
I love being at home. I'm not scared of that. Government, lock me up at home. <laughs> oh, I'm so scared. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> like, shoot, Netflix all day. Lock me up in my room. I'm going to be all right. I got enough string cheese to last me till Jesus returns. I'm a parent. I got them apple juice boxes. I got the frozen peanut butter and jelly Uncrustables. I'm good. But here's why people are scared and freaking out. Here's the underlying reason that they may say or not. They are afraid to die. That's what it is. That's what people are freaking out over. I'm afraid to die. Now, death can be a fearful thing, but the reality is, is if you know someone who has life and has it abundantly, then, like for me, if I had, and someone did reach out to us in between service, they said, hey, I do, um, I do deliveries, I'm a delivery company, we have, we have pallets of toilet paper in case you need any. And I said, oh, shoot, we, we were going to go to the store this week and buy some toilet paper, but I don't need to no more because I know a guy who's got pallets. <laughs> and there's people that reach out and say, we got cases of water. And immediately for me, what once was a worry, I was like, I'm good. I got a plug. I got a dealer. <laughs> H2O on deck, toilet paper on deck. All my fear went like this. And so in the same way as I would one day face death, I would not be scared of it because I have a plug. I know the guy who offers life. I know the guy that can keep me alive. I know the guy who offers me eternal life. I know the guy who died for my sins. I know the guy who can, even in this life too, heal me and restore me and protect me and guide me. And so I will not be afraid because I know the guy who took fear on the cross. And so I encourage you today, if there's been any fear or lack of hope, then I encourage you just to evaluate, do I believe that Jesus is on the throne or not? If my answer is yes, then you have nothing to be scared of. And you can look at your neighbor and you can say, no cap. That's not a lie. Or if you're watching online, you can say it to your TV screen or your iPhone. That's no cap. And so as we close today, I just truly want to encourage you that if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, what better time than right now as people are watching the caution signs in this world and starting to go, what is going on? And the Bible has always said that we're living in the last days. At any point, Jesus can return for his church. And I would love to know that your eternity is secure in the hands of God. What's crazy is as I was preparing my message and preparing my, these final thoughts, God brought to my recollection, you know, for many years, 25 plus years, my dad has preached every Sunday. And by and large, in the majority of his sermons, when he concludes his sermon, he says something very famous. And many people here could repeat his altar calls if they wanted to because we've heard him for so many years. But he always, for many years, has introduced his invitation with Jesus with this statement. 
And he would say this. He would say, everyone here is one germ, virus, accident, or mishap away from heaven's gates or hell's doors. And then he'd begin to make an invitation. Every single week, almost for 25 years, I have heard him say, everyone here is one germ, virus, accident, or mishap from heaven's gates or hell's doors. Then he'd make an invitation to accept Jesus. What I never thought would be the biggest deal would be that second word, virus. I, ne I never thought that that one word, uh, when I was here, when I was five years old or six years old, I never thought, oh, in 20 plus years, there's gonna be a day where virus is the scariest word of all the other words. Where virus would be scarier than the word cancer, or virus would be the scarier word than this, than that, or a car accident or something like that. But in this season that we're in, it's a reality. But the greater reality than this is that Jesus is real. And that Jesus is bigger than any germ. He's bigger than any virus. He's bigger than any accident or mishap. Jesus can restore us. And so I just want to encourage you today, if you've not rested your hope on Jesus, a living Jesus, Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10 says this, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe that he rose again, it just simply says, you will be saved. See, the reason why Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to me, to the Father, except through me, is because what he was saying was, is he was saying, I'm the path that you need. And people for many generations and eras have said, why does it have to be Jesus, and why can't it be anyone else? Well, I don't know of anyone else who has ever said, I'm the road that you need to travel on. I've never heard of someone say, I'm the truth incarnate, and I've never heard anyone say that I'm your life. And then he begins to give facts that substantiate that, to show that that's true. If you can find someone else, I'd be interested to know. But you can't. Jesus is the only one to make such audacious claims, but it's because what he was saying was true. He's the way. He's the truth and the life. And he died on the cross. He chose to go on that cross, not for himself. He didn't need to go, but for you and I. The gospel's so beautiful because it gives us hope when oftentimes everything is hopeless. And so I just wanna give you an invitation today we're all going to say a prayer together, but it's not a prayer of salvation because God's transformation by the power of the Holy Spirit is what's working in you right now and saving you by His grace. But this prayer we're going to say is going to confirm and acknowledge what it is that God is doing in our life and in your life. And so there's going to be two types of people in this room right now. The first person is going to give their life to Jesus for the very first time. You're going to say, today's the first time I'm going to confess him as Lord and Savior. Or you may be in this place and say, you know what? I once called myself a Christian. I once followed Christ. But the way that my life looks right now does not reflect that of a Christian at all. And so as you say this prayer today, just know that we're with you and we're for you. And we're celebrating what it is that God's doing in your life. But what I can also encourage you with is don't say, like I did with those caution signs, I'll, I'll, maybe, maybe I'll give my life next month, maybe next year, maybe when I get my life together. If your life is in complete disarray, you are Jesus' favorite. <laughs> he loves working with people who are in disarray. So you say, let me figure out my addictions, let me quit this, let me stop doing this. No, you don't need to stop doing anything. Eventually, the Holy Spirit will remove those things from you. 
But where you're at right now, you can confess him Lord and Savior and God will begin to pull those things from you. He'll begin to speak to you. And the Holy Spirit, God's presence will be with you everywhere that you go. It's the miracle of God, Jesus' resurrection, the power of the Holy Spirit. And so if you're in this place, we're all going to say this prayer together. If you're watching online, why don't you say it with us as well? But church, can we do this all as a family right now for those that are going to be giving their life to Jesus? Can we all say right now, dear Lord Jesus, right now in this place, I confess you as Lord and Savior. I believe in my heart that you rose again. From this moment forward, I believe that you're the way, the truth, and the life. And I will follow you for the rest of my days. In Jesus' name, amen. The podcast, The Bible in a Year with Jack Graham, is a moving and inspiring biblical audio experience that will help you master wisdom from the world's greatest book. In each episode, you'll learn to apply biblical principles to everyday life. Each cinematic episode is a journey through the Bible's most profound stories that will strengthen your appreciation of the Word and inspire you to keep learning. Listen to The Bible in a Year with Jack Graham on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Listen to the podcast, Heroes in the Bible, Jesus, with Dr. Tony Evans. This is my beloved son. It is in him I am pleased. What have you to say for yourself, Jesus? You have made claims to be the son of Jehovah. I am as you said. Listen to Heroes in the Bible, Jesus, with Dr. Tony Evans on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.